into Weird Faith. We are so excited to have you joining us for an awesome episode today. Uh, My name is Josh. I'm Phil. I'm Scott. And we cannot wait to dive into today's topic. But before we go anywhere, Scott's got some shout outs for us. Yeah, so last last episode was our most watched one so far. So thank you guys for that. But it's also, I think we talked about some really heavy kind of stuff last time yeah, that most absolutely. of you all really relate with, so I think it's part of it. Yeah. Usually we just make stuff up and don't talk about anything relevant, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Sharks and, yeah, that. But, uh, no, I do want to shout out some people who commented online. Uh, some of you all shared your weird phobias. Val, uh, Valerie, uh, our office manager here, who's one Did of our... Did she just give up on her last name? <laughs> <laughs> Valerie, <laughs> uh, our office manager. <laughs> Valerie Holm, we know your oh, name. Like, I don't know what just happened there. You sound like you just quit on it. <laughs> I know there's an H. What happens after that? Tell us how you say it. Um, like Colm with a B. <laughs> you just got to finish the word. Colm. <laughs> sound like you were just inhaling and exhaling. <laughs> <laughs> we're off to a great start today. Her weird phobia is styrofoam. Huh. Uh, she says it's most of the sound of it, like when right. you pull it out of a box. Mm. One day you're gonna find me on the floor of the office. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, I know for sure as many packages as she gets delivered to her office down there, it's definitely happening. I don't think I've ever I, thought about that noise. Yeah, I it can is, hear it though. Can you? Now you I can hear it. Saying. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't wow. bother me. Uh, Janie Carico uh, said acrophobia. Uh, so we Caricos are short people, and most of us are afraid of heights. And so it's a good thing we're not six feet tall, to which Lisa Williams, her daughter, said, Mom stole my answer. Spiders and heights for sure. She says, I also have a fear of being called out on a podcast. So, Ooh. Lisa. Lisa. Lisa, how about we give you a shout-out to so call out? We love you. Uh, <laughs> Phil, apparently you know what this one is, so you're going to have to tell me how to say it. But Samantha Audio said... <laughs> Is it chylopotophobia? I chylopotophobia? I, I copied and pasted, so I never heard it said either. Uh, the, but it's the fear, fear centipedes, right? Okay. Uh, I thought it was going to be the fear of Shia LaBeouf. I apparently have a phobia of a, you know mispronouncing names, so yeah, right, that's yeah. mine. I didn't share that last time. <laughs> but uh, the then the last one is Ryan Sigmund voted our Weird Award winner, and for the very first time, none of us are getting it, but someone else is going to get this. The very own Candace Weddle. Candace. Candace was thrown under the bus <laughs> by her husband, Josh. Josh, remind her, everybody, of her yes, phobia. Yes, Ryan voted her because her phobia is the sound of pouring liquids mm. into a cup. A lot of times, it makes it worse if there's, yeah, it's maybe it's that, like, pitch change, and, like, especially if there's ice in there, too, and it's all kind of rattling mm-hmm, around in there. Mm-hmm. It drives her crazy. So. Yeah, so... We're going to find some way to <laughs> highlight that on social media, so make sure you check out for that. Uh, Candace, that's your warning now, so yep, figure it out. out. Absolutely. But yeah, that's our shout-outs for today. Sorry, Val, for yeah, just giving up yeah. on your last name. So <laughs> We'll never give up on you, though. We'll never give up on Amen. you. Amen. No. Uh, well, we're going to go head into our second installment of 
30 second sermons. Yeah. Scott has had nightmares ever since, but he wants to redeem himself. I probably won't, but I will. Today. He's ready. And so we're going to do some idioms. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Oh, I mix all those words up. That's a like a common, common saying. phrase. Yeah, yeah, common phrase. Oh, okay. Because yeah. you also could just say common phrase. Well, so I googled that <laughs> and saw that it was an idiom. Once so you don't a... know what it is, then you're an idiot. So twice yeah, today, Phil has told us he looks really intelligent when he googles things. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. Internet's amazing thing. <laughs> uh, so sometimes people mistake these things as scripture. Right? Uh, cleanliness is next to the godliness. I'd had a conversation with a man a long time ago in a different church that quoted that to me and that Jesus had kept his room clean. And so we should, you know, keep the church van clean of he all the no fingerprints. He had no place to lay his too. head, so he had a room? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was clean, too. Uh, all, his, all his clothes were in the hamper. He was doing good. Uh, and then, you know, give a man a fish, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You'll hear that stuff uh, every once in a while creep in as scripture, and you ask them the reference, and they're not quite sold on where that is. So, it's always uh, second hesitations if you don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> second hesitations. Sometimes they're good sayings. It's just yeah. don't say yeah. that they're in scripture it when they're not. Might not be the Bible, it might be a fortune cookie. Yes, so. absolutely. So, we're going to lean into that, <coughs> and I'm going to give you uh, each some idioms, and I'm going to. Put up a timer on the clock uh, and give you 30 seconds. And then we're going to let you, our listeners, vote on who did better. We've got three of each, and we'll go back and forth. Man, uh, I, I'm a little nervous. Yeah, yeah you should be nervous. I, I like doing these when it's just we're hanging out and everything, but with the man, the pressure's on. The whole podcast is listening. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. I've already made mistakes in this just, podcast, so I can only go up from here. Relying on the Holy Spirit. To give me the All right. Well, we're going to, Josh has the experience here, so we're going to let him go first this time. Okay. And it's not an easy one, but here is your topic for a 30 second sermon. And it is a bird in hand is worth two in the bush. A bird in hand is worth two to the bush. Burning hands were two in the bush. Wait, can you, oh, before we start, can you just <laughs> no. tell me what the phrase means? Can you use it in a sentence? Uh, yeah, so if you have. I don't know that I know that one. So you can't let go, like you're, you're hunting for birds apparently in this scenario, and you want more birds, not less. And you have one in your hand, and you let go of that one to get two that are over there in the bush. You're yeah. Good. Oh, awesome. All right, okay, tell me what you Now you got. got it. It's kind of one of those scenarios where you got like a lot, you know, you're, you're, you, you break your Halloween candy bag trying to get more candy, something yeah. like that. Awesome. That's, that happened to you last year. You ready? <laughs> All right. So a bird in hand is worth two in the bush. Is worth two in the bush. See, it, another common idiom would be the grass is always greener on the other side. And mm. so many times we're so willing to forfeit and take our hands off of the blessings that God's given us now. This yes. beautiful bird that God has blessed me with because beautiful. I think there's two better birds in that bush mm -hmm. over there. Mm -hmm. But God has blessed me and provided for me everything that I need right now in this moment, in this season of my life. And I'm going to hold on to that bird. I'm going to let it sing. I'm going to sing with it because I don't need to focus on the two in the bush. I've got what God has given me. Right there in my hands. All right, wrap it up. There wow. we go. That's beautiful. Was it? Did it? Did, did it apply? You think? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll let them decide. I didn't understand it, it enough. <laughs> Here, let's stay on the bird uh, topic, <coughs> and this one's probably a little bit right. easier. Birds and the bees. You gonna stay away from that uh, one today? A book called Song of Solomon. <laughs> Here you go. This one is birds of a feather flock 
together. Go. Birds of a feather flock together. Oh. So Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, to be unified by having the same mind mm-hmm. as Christ yeah. Jesus. Mm. When we come together come on. and we unite ourselves in the things that matter most, we can be together completely. We don't need to worry about all the other things that are distinct about us individually. We come together on the same thing as that we are all people, children of God, and we have the same mind as Christ Go Jesus. Ahead. Go ahead and say Preach that, Preach it, Pastor. preacher. I like it. There we go. I have I like no it. idea if that's even how that phrase is supposed to be. But we're going to say this. I that's think right. you were more on target than me, probably. <laughs> As a youth I've pastor, I that. thought that one would probably been one you've already used before because uh, teenagers do that. I've all heard the time. that one before. I, yeah. I don't really ever use that phrase yeah. or ever hear people use that phrase you anymore. Will now. now I'll never unhear it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's another one. Uh, we get off the birds, although you could bite a bird, I guess, and mm. uh, chicken, you know, or something. Yeah. The the phrase is to bite off more than you can chew. Yeah, so yeah. this happened when Adam and Eve, first in the garden, <laughs> took a bite of the forbidden fruit. They thought they could handle it. They thought that they could deal with the repercussions and the consequences, but it ended up not only being more than they could chew, mm. but more than what all of humanity could Come chew. On! We found ourselves uh, consumed and bound up in sin through centuries and centuries and centuries and thousands of years, unable to chew up what they had bitten off of that fruit. But we had Jesus come and chew our food for us. And just like a bird, he he fed us the benefits of his righteousness. I got a little off there, but man, Adam and Eve bit off more than any of us could really chew and swallow. And Jesus came to fix Amen. that when he died on the cross hey, for our sins. The Bible does say that, that we get to, to be under his wings. That's right. And so... <laughs> That's what that means. <laughs> I like it. Uh, all right, and look, I had no idea how many of these had to do with uh, birds. Dude, all uh, of these are out of the... Bi- you're only reading me Bible verses so far. <laughs> yeah. All right, this next one is, don't count your chickens before they hatch. And back to the birds. You see, your problem is you always try and start with an actual Bible verse. No, I'm like, you don't count do your that. chickens before they hatch. <laughs> Where are chickens be in the Bible? A heretic. To be <laughs> don't count your chickens before they hatch. Uh-huh. So like basically, they'll put you all your eggs in one basket. Sure. Don't count all your chickens before they hatch. I think it's hatch. more um, don't assume something's going to happen. Like, like if I'm showboating before mm. we're done competing because I'm ahead, mm. but eggs haven't hatched yet, it's not over. I think it's more like it's not over till it's over. Yeah. It's pronounced home. (laughs) 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 All right, here we go. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. So many of us grew up in church and we put all of our hope in what we do. We try to do great things. We try to put all of our stock in what we do. But in all reality, we're nothing. Mm. And so we'll walk this entire life putting all of our thoughts and our emotions behind the things that we're able to perform for God. And yet we'll all wow. of a sudden find out we are disappointed. When Come we on. look at Jesus, he says, I never knew you. Mm. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Don't put all your Ooh, stock yes. in what you do. Put all your stock in what Jesus has done for you. Yes. Did you feel that? I, I liked it. I felt conviction. That's right. <clears throat> I, almost, Absolutely. I almost completely threw another idiom in there. Oh. I had to like stop and like correct yeah. myself mid-sentence yeah. one That'd time. be great if you preached with only idioms made it make sense. <laughs> yeah, right. So Pharisees were just chicken <clears throat> counters. Yes. They had put all their eggs in the works basket. Mm. What was yeah. the other idiom? Uh, 
Don't that, that oh, one. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Mm. All right. Here's a good one. This is my last one. It's your last one. All right. We'll see if, uh, see if you can bring it home. There we go. This, you know, thing, you can, you can add whatever thing you want here, uh, but costs an arm and a leg. Oh, man. Okay. This thing costs an arm and a leg. All right, let me know when to start. Go. All right. So you know what costed an arm and a leg? Specifically, a hole in the hand on the arm of Jesus mm. and a hole in the foot mm. connected to the leg of Jesus was our sin. That's right. Our sin costed an arm and a leg, an arm on the cross and a leg nailed to another piece of wood. Come on. An arm and a leg. It was all of our sin back to Adam and Eve in the garden. Ever since sin reigned in this world and we're born into this curse of sin, it costed Jesus more than just an arm and a leg. It costed him holes in his hands and uh, scars on his back and a crown of thorns on his head costed so much more than an arm and a leg, but now he extends that arm out to us. And <laughs> I'm trying to do too much now. He bought us back. He bought us back. Amen. Right. He did all the leg work <laughs> that it took <laughs> to buy us back. Right. <laughs> right. yeah. When I saw that one, I was like, hey, man, this one actually kind of works. Yeah. <laughs> I hey, like this one. I'm going to have to use like, that. something, it's like, dude, Jesus paid it all. We right. talk about cost. So in that spirit... I, I felt like I gave you some either easier ones to start with and Josh some harder ones, and, and he ended on an easier one. So I'm going to end on a difficult one? And you're going to end on a yeah. difficult one. <laughs> but I think you can do it. All right, the last one is this. It ain't over till the fat lady sings. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Acts chapter 1, the, the disciples looked at Jesus and said, hey, is this the time you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he says, no, the time and the hour is not for you to know. Now, he didn't say the common phrase like we hear, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. He also didn't say, hey, I'm coming back when the Cleveland Browns win a Super Bowl. Mm. He says it's not yet for you to know. Mm, we have go. no idea when Jesus will come back, but we do know Ooh. that one day, it may not be a fat lady singing, but there will be a trumpet blowing, mm. and Jesus will come back and all things will be made new. Woo! That's Come the on. name of the trumpet, the fat lady. The fat lady. <laughs> Dude, I'm totally inspired now. Next Easter, instead of Sunday's coming, I'm just, my serious sermon is going to be, but it ain't over until the fat lady that sings. fat lady singing. <laughs> Jesus is buried in the tomb right now, but it ain't but over, it ain't over <laughs> till she starts to sing. <laughs> yeah. All right, you let us know down in the comments who won the 30-second sermons. This one was closer by mm. far. That was fun. Uh, was I good. think we, we did a good... I, I think the thing that does hang you up, though, is I always go for one scripture. that based in on Scripture, which is makes a good preacher. Oh, yeah. No, you're the most sound one. <laughs> you have to be as heretical as possible <laughs> to, to go in and do it. I would have added for years, when you did the, the grass isn't always greener, hmm. always remember... The reason why that grass may be greener is there's more crap in that yard. That's right. That's right. Mm. Remember that. That's a Bible verse too, right? It is. Yep, yep, yep. Third hesitation. (laughs) Just scoopala in that yard. (laughs) Scoopala. So. Great word. Today, the topic is this, and I'm excited about it because it's something I have struggled with my whole life. And if you have been in church for a long time, uh, you may have struggled with it. Or if you had a certain family dynamic, you may have uh, struggled with that as well. And it is guilt. Mm. And if you're someone that struggles with guilt, it probably just weaves right in with all those other mental health issues that we have, anxiety, depression, insecurity, all those things that we've been dealing with on our Sunday uh, 
sermons. And if you haven't checked those out yet and you don't go here at Clarksburg Baptist Church, that's okay. Check out Fix My Mind, where I'm part three this upcoming Sunday, and we're going to be talking about all these mental health struggles, but guilt can contribute to these things. So in light of guilt, we're going to talk about some people that were guilty, but for dumb (laughs) reasons. They're people that had done things that, you know, they should have never done, and these guys are going to talk about and bring some uh, dumb crimes for us today. Who's going to go first? Well, I just feel like I was guilty of not getting our actual... Oh, no. Ready. Oh, so. there's oh, the light. There we now go. We can see Shed a little now light we can see on the Phil. subject. That's the next <laughs> idiom. What's that? Come on. Shed's Jesus shed a little light in my heart today. <laughs> That's right. Amen. Come on. That's right. All right. So I, while now, he does uh, that, Josh, yeah, why don't I'll you take things it? things off. Yeah, so I'm crying. I think my favorite that uh, in doing some research and looking through some of these, I read about a man <laughs> who got high on bath salts. Oh, no. Uh, and then, <laughs> so he went to go rob this person's house and ended up just getting out all of their Christmas decorations <laughs> and, <laughs> and totally decorated their amazing. entire house in their front yard. That's, I love uh, that. So this guy just got high out of his mind, and he still got charged for <laughs> burglary and robbery, but just <laughs> absolutely immaculate designs. With, yeah, he just felt festive, man. And he so he went in and got all these Christmas designs, their so decorations, and... I here's to hoping amazing. this Christmas season someone <laughs> comes yeah. and breaks in my house to put up my Christmas Yeah, once decorate. you see that dude on your ring doorbell, just let him, let him, let him do his thing. Boop. <laughs> let him cook. So mine is, took place in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, a place that most of us never heard about until Peyton Manning started screaming Omaha. At the, Omaha, you know, you know. Omaha. But uh, so this was a 17-year-old boy who decided he was going to carjack somebody. Mm. And so this... A uh, young mom was on her way to take her ch- her son to school, and he approached the car with the handgun and demanded that he get the vehicle so he could <clears> steal <throat> it. He gets in the car, because obviously she gets out of the way. He gets in the car, goes to drive, and realizes it's a manual transmission. Ah. He's never driven a <laughs> stick before. So after a few hundred yards of grinding the gears oh, and bucking back right. and forth, he finally gets out and runs away, only to be caught on foot by the police That's officers. Awesome. What an Jeez. idiot. Man. What an idiom. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's rough. That's rough. Uh, I read about another guy who went in and robbed a store. He he stole some ammunition and some sunglasses. Pretty, hmm. pretty nasty combo there. Hmm. But he got away and then came back two hours later to apply for a job oh at the store. <laughs> so this place is pretty nice. He's like, man, that's... It's a cool store. Pretty lenient management in there. <laughs> That's they just let you do whatever you want there. They'll never uh, think that it's so me. They're like, dude, this guy just stole from us, and they called the police and got him arrested. That's the perfect alibi. Yeah. What were you doing around? I was there buying for a job. I just was trying to do some work, <laughs> help him out a little bit. <laughs> uh, my next one is also about a robbery of a store. Uh, a guy in Newington, Connecticut, uh, was driving one day, and he really, really wanted something to snack on. Mm. Specifically, he wanted to go find a banana. So he took his station wagon and drove it through the glass doors of a gas station, went inside, stole nothing except a banana. (laughs) And while walking back out, he ate the entire banana, got back in his car, and drove away. Wow. He crashed through the store. He crashed through the store just for a banana. But the best part is he's never been caught. This is still an open investigation 
And no one knows who this infamous fruit thief is. If you know any information to we'll, find this man, dude, we'll put the number down below. Drop 911 call. When I went home for lunch, Candace had a banana on the counter. Ooh, Do you think it was her? And the car was her. all dented up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, man, that's crazy. That's a. Dude, just even. All right, look, I'm, I'm not condoning anything, <laughs> any robbery, but like. Just park the car and go in and steal yeah, it. Like, why did you demolish the whole place? Getting into the store was not think, the hard part. No, yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, there's parking spaces and brakes on your vehicle. Like, this that place wasn't the Fort challenge. Yeah. He's dropping him from the ceiling like Mission Impossible yeah. to grab Whoa. this banana. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, this was one of my other favorites. Uh, I read about a man who, uh, I don't know why he did this, if he had some... Oh, man, I almost said he had some beef with these people. It was a Wendy's. Where's the beef? So maybe there was some beef there. He didn't like where's the squares. Mm. It was between this guy and a Wendy's worker. Okay. Because here's what happened. He went through the drive-thru and threw a live alligator through the (laughs) drive-thru window (laughs) at an employee. That's got to be a Florida man, That's a Florida man. That's a Florida man. man. Yeah. Yeah, so he gets to the window a a three-and-a-half-foot alligator and just launches it through the window into this restaurant. What was the next thing? I, I don't know. That was I, it. No, he got he got caught and got arrested. But he wasn't. There was no. He wasn't turning around uh, the place. It did. I did read. No, I I think he Have just. You, I remember watching the video. Of this. Have you seen the video of the uh, alligator going through the window? <clears throat> it's on. It's on YouTube. Uh, Google that. Yeah, look, look that up later. It's on there. <laughs> no, I I I guess he just had beef with this guy and was like, <laughs> "All right, I got an alligator for you." But uh, I did read that the alligator was taken back into the wild and he's fine. This isn't uh, one of mine. On my list, but there, when I was in Huntington at Marshall, across the river, South Point, Ohio, is small enough of a city to be called the village of South Point. Mm. There's a Walmart there, and there was a guy who had had an alligator in his basement as a pet, and they would feed it and, you know, keep it mm-hmm. as a pet. But when it got too big, they just let it loose right behind the Walmart in as South Point, do. Ohio. So there was an alligator walking through South Point, Ohio Walmart. Wow. So wow, nice. But now my my next one is about a man named Klaus Schmidt. Uh, in Klaus. August of 1995, Klaus was a Berlin man. Uh, he decided to rob a bank with a handgun. Now, this acted out like a pretty standard bank robbery until the tellers asked him a question, do you need a bag? If there's a gun pointed at you, you're going to say, do you need a bag for this? He looks back at them and says, you're darn right it's a gun. And they quickly realized that this man was deaf. And so they immediately hit the alarm without him knowing that they hit the mm. alarm and it's blaring out mm. and they waited long enough for the cops to arrive. Oh, <laughs> it gets better. So once he's arrested for bank robbery, he sues the bank for abusing his disability. <laughs> Discrimination. Discrimination <laughs> against the deaf. So he, and he, so he sued oh, them. Dude, so I don't know if he won, but isn't that crazy? I that? read about another one like that where the guy uh, was robbing the bank, got to the vault and it was empty. And he sued the bank for be- not having any cash in the vault <laughs> after he got arrested. Yeah. No, uh, I, I had another one. This this guy was robbing a house, and he was up on the second floor, and the family was in the home. I guess he snuck in a window or something like that. I read this on multiple websites that this actually happened. And the homeowner told a joke downstairs, and it made the, the thief <laughs> laugh. And so they knew he was up there and called the police and caught him. So... Uh, if you're ever worried about break, uh, somebody breaking into your house, just occasionally tell a joke. You might hear ah, from the floor above <laughs> you, and it'll help you out a little bit. So my last one, this one was my favorite one. I'm just going to read it 
this is from uh, HowStuffWorks.com. So it's about Joey Miller and Matthew McNelly. These men were behind likely the worst and least thought out disguises in the history of crime. Hmm. When committing their misdeed, they didn't use masks, hoods, balaclavas, typical of most criminals, but instead chose to draw on their face with permanent marker. While it may have hidden them, while while it may have hidden, have made them hard to recognize during the crime. Permanent marker, as the name suggests, notoriously is hard to remove, <laughs> which left the men extremely easy to identify when the police were looking for the culprits. That's hilarious. The dumb stunt earned the duo the nickname Dumb and Dumber. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So hey, they, let me just tattoo to my forehead, I robbed yeah. the bank. <laughs> so I, there's this one DJ. So they put baklava on their faces? Balaclava. What is that? The mask. Oh, the with mask. the eyes? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, Did you what, know that? What's the word? Uh, balaclava. That? I would have thought it was baklava, too. <laughs> it's you it's spell it to you? Dude, cover your face. B-A-L-A. C-L-A-V-A-S. Balaklava. Yeah. I said that better than you said a Valerie's last name, though. I didn't say her last name. Let me throw in one more before we turn things over to Phil. Just because we had to give a shout-out to a West Virginia crime. I read this one at the end. So this guy got a DUI, so... What I say is not actually the reason he was arrested, but he did make things worse for himself. When this West Virginia man, after being arrested and given a DUI, uh, was asked to come closer for like a mugshot or something like that, uh, and he got super close to the officer who had arrested him and farted on him really bad. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there's reports that the officer said it was just like the strongest odor ever. So he was very offended. Uh, I don't don't know that he would have more charges or anything, but like... It definitely didn't make things better in the moment. So uh, I read about that crime. Yeah, that's more of a hate crime. He went out with a bang. <laughs> I hated <Yeah>. it. <laughs> the cop hated it for sure. Yes. Uh, so I've got my very own dumb crime story. Are you ready for this? I think the uh, statues of limitations have run out on this. So we tagged the church council on this video, <laughs> yeah. so they know it's this no, is coming. Hey, we guarantee immunity. Yeah. Okay. Immunity. <laughs> and, uh, as long as you say immunity. Yeah, immunity. <laughs> so when I was a teenager. Uh, I grew up, you know, I grew up in church, youth group, all that kind of stuff. And we were on a youth activity once in a mall playing Where's Waldo. Have you guys ever done that? Uh, the uh, youth leader dresses up uh, and uh, you're not sure. He doesn't dress up as Waldo. <clears throat> he dresses up as something. And the whole youth group, back when malls were thriving, uh, and right now it might be pretty easy to find someone <laughs> in the mall. <laughs> hey, you're the only one in here. Who's that creepy guy standing <laughs> in front of Marshalls? Uh, so we were all looking around and, and stuff. And... <clears throat> Uh, you know, keep in mind, this is 20-something years ago. Uh, I saw a puka shell necklace in, like, an uh, American Eagle or something like that. Uh, and I, for some reason, got the hankering to steal that puka shell necklace. So... I did it. I told you this is a dumb crime. I'm not proud of this. I'm more, I'm more proud of the guy who stole the banana right now. <laughs> I just want to see Phil wear a puka shell so, so, But here's what happened, though. The, the story's not over. So I go back to my you know, crew, whatever. We were looking around. It was just me like another guy. And I, I had taken this off a mannequin, too. It was a, it was a heist, for sure. Um, and so the cops come by, right? We're all together as a group, 30 of us or something like this in this mall. The cops come by and I freak out. I'm like, oh no, I got caught. Like I, I just stole this thing. So I chunk this uh, puka shell necklace in some riding uh, 
you know, uh, things for kids, like the little <laughs> bus and stuff like that. Threw it in there and uh, just, you know, started whistling and walking away. Well, the cops had actually come because, unbeknownst to us, our youth pastor had dressed up as a nun and was sitting on a bench. And they were wondering why this dude was sitting on a bench. I'm not even sure. He might have had facial hair and everything. Uh, And uh, so I didn't get caught that day. Uh, But But. I never tried to steal anything ever again. Because at best, I ended up with a bad fashion choice piece of jewelry. And at worst, uh, you know, an embarrassing scar on my record. But Oh my gosh! Dumb crimes. Yeah. What's right worse though, the, the the necklace or the the mark on your record? Well, I think what was worse was the youth pastor. I was about to say, <laughs> you're not even close to the worst thing in the story. I steal everything in American Eagle before you wear a nun costume. That is all. actually probably a great deter uh, distraction. If you want to commit a crime, just get someone else to dress up <laughs> yeah, as a nun. Dude, <laughs> you guys could be like, there's the wet bandits and the sticky yeah. bandits on Home Alone. Yep. The nun bandits. Nun, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I these like, are some oh, dumb crimes. That's, those are fun. We probably could have went on. We might have to do a dumb crime and guilt again at some mm. point because uh, there's a lot that we can talk about with guilt. But, uh, you know, we all sometimes do dumb stuff. We probably all have times where we have done something that we are embarrassed to talk about. Uh, and many times we do things that uh, can cause some guilt, and we wish we would have never done that, regret and all those things. And we can carry that guilt around forever for the things that we've done and even ask forgiveness for, but we still wish we would have never done them. Mm. Uh, sometimes, though, we can also carry guilt for things someone else has done to us, and we can also uh, have guilt for things that we wish we did, but we didn't do. Yeah, uh, We wish we would have stepped up. We wish we would have done something else. And we can carry guilt around uh, so much on our backs at all times. But guilt is a very unhelpful feeling. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, I think a lot of us live with this low-level sense of guilt at all times just buzzing below the surface. Guilt can sound like all different types of things, like I eat too much. Uh, Scott and I just ate a tasty cake just like five minutes ago. I, I don't know if you feel I didn't guilty about it. I inhaled it. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was pretty it was, small. It was just gone. Uh, <laughs> I w- I'm glad you didn't bring one in here for me because I would for sure have felt guilty afterwards. Uh, maybe I it's <laughs> I watch too much TV or I don't spend my time in the right type of way or uh, for Christians it might be I don't pray enough or I skip my Bible reading or I didn't give enough to help other people. And for some of those, uh, uh, so those of us are those quiets of uh, those guilt thoughts are quiet and back in the back of our mind. But for other of us, of us, it's just this constant thing that has our attention that we don't feel good enough, yeah. and we are overwhelmed with bad feelings about ourselves and inadequacy and unworthiness. And money, many of us live with this. Uh, just feeling that God is constantly disappointed in us. And if you grew up in a certain type of church, you might have felt that way, where that was constantly pushed on you, where if you're a good person, you're going to look like this, 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 and this. And they don't pull those things from Scripture. They kind of make them up on the fly. Mm -hmm. Or if you're somebody where your parents motivated you with guilt. Uh, Well, I, you know, you hear that, thing uh you know i went through 16 hours of labor 
just to have you disrespect me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, just constantly using <clears throat> guilt to motivate each other. And we can see that in church. We can see that in relationships. We can see that at jobs. But guilt is not a good motivator. We have seen that Jesus paid an arm and a leg mm. for us to be forgiven and not to be condemned. And we are not meant to live with guilt just always on our shoulders. Anybody ever guilted you guys to do something before or attempted to? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, an example, but I think it happens to me a lot because I've let it happen to me mm. a lot in the past. Like I can be kind of easily pushed. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a pretty common Somebody that yeah. probably <clears throat> tends towards people-pleasing more yeah. might even struggle with this more, even if it's not imposed on them, but they would feel guilty if, if, so, if a, you a, don't a, do the thing. A right? recent yeah. example mm. involves Josh. Okay. I'm working on something last week on my <laughs> computer. I've been typing all morning. Yeah. For whatever reason, it hadn't auto-saved. And Josh comes in, his computer's updating for the first time in seven years, and so he needed <laughs> to use my computer while I was updating. So he gets on my computer, and what I didn't realize, he'd only been on for like five minutes. Yeah. He closed out everything, and, act, and then to help make it better so he didn't like mess with my stuff, he even went into the trash bin and deleted all of his stuff that he had just done <laughs> just so I wouldn't get confused with his stuff, including the file that I had been working on for like two hours that morning. <laughs> It was fine. I have a pretty decent it was memory. Not fine. It was I have a pretty decent memory of what I just typed, so I could type I typed it back up rather quickly. <clears throat> but in the time that I typed it back up, Josh felt so bad he went down the subway and got me a foot long meatball sub. So it was fantastic, but he felt guilty. I didn't really care that bit much, but uh, I felt so bad. I felt so bad. <laughs> it was enjoyable just to watch him. I, I don't feel know. Bad. <laughs> I don't even know how it happened so fast. I thought all that I deleted was everything that I had downloaded in that five minutes to print, and somehow I deleted it, and then went to the extra effort of emptying his trash. <laughs> That's for my favorite part. I was trying to like doubly serve him. And uh, I ended up blowing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a time where you self-imposed guilt. Uh, oh, yeah. And probably made you feel awkward. Oh, I felt so uncomfortable. By trying to make it up to you. Well, honestly, that's You're trying like, to make him feel better, and he's like, dude, it's, it's fine. Uh, I'm not a jerk. <laughs> like, you asked the question, and, like, for me, I think a lot of it is self-imposed mm -hmm. guilt. Like, oh, if I don't do this thing, like, ah, oh, I feel bad. I didn't help with this thing. Mm -hmm. Like, remember when I backed out of that Haiti mission trip, and I brought mm -hmm. it up, like, 20 times? Yep. <laughs> so, it wasn't even, like, a cemented thing that was happening. So what would have been better and, and probably more well-received is if you just loved him rather than feeling guilty and went Maybe to Subway hard. and said, hey, I just love you. Yeah. And like, I wanted to, you know, that would have went dude, over the, a lot the motivation better. Was you probably would have been fine with that. Like dude, I was happy I got Subway, yeah, but I've been way, fine with a yeah, hug. Right. Yeah, it's a different <laughs> motivation. Right. I feel bad, so let me do this thing to make you like me again right. or... I just love And really, it's, it's more about your feelings. Yeah. You want to feel better about it. Mm -hmm. And this is a silly example, obviously sure. not the biggest thing in the world. But uh, when people guilt us into things or we guilt ourselves into things, we have this, uh, it, it's a difference in uh, accounting, right? Like, mm -hmm. I owe you, and so I'm going to make it up to you. And whether that's your mom, you know, trying to twist your arm into picking up your room because she was in 16 hours worth of labor for you or 
uh, you know, those things that like where we like, you never do anything for me. That's how guilt sounds a lot of times. It's I'm not going to recognize anything. That it's always the sort of the generalized statement. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? you always, mm-hmm. you never. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, we're That's not, a little generalized. You're not in a good headspace right now. Uh, and and those things ultimately, nobody leaves those scenarios feeling great most of the time, especially when it's more serious than what we're talking about with this uh, small example. But if you really hurt someone's feelings, the 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 makeup flowers is never as nice as if you just had gotten your girlfriend or your wife flowers for no reason, and the guilt. Uh, you know, the transaction there to make myself feel better never does what we wish that it would be uh, and, and what we wish it would do. Uh, so we, if, if a person has made a habit of trying to guilt us into doing something and doing what they would want us to do, more than likely you distance yourself from those people. Those are the people that I don't want to be around when it's this transactional relationship yeah. where I did this for you and I did that. And, and normally the person that's using that guilt, it's never enough either. Yeah. Uh, there is always going to be an imbalance in the relationship. Um, and it's easy to see that it's so much different uh, to help someone just simply because you love them uh, and not because you are trying to make it up to them or it's simply because you have joy and you want to show love to them and when you do things motivated from that place it actually builds the relationship rather than doing things motivated by guilt or trying to guilt somebody into doing things for you it just that just creates distance so uh kevin DeYoung talked a little bit about four reasons that people live in guilt uh and a lot of these, you know, we're Christians and, and, and pastors, and the Bible talks a lot uh, about forgiveness. And despite what the rumors say about the church, we should not be people that use guilt or are consumed by guilt. Mm. Uh, many times that's a, a joke that, uh, you know, church people are guilt people, that they use guilt and they just constantly feel bad about themselves. But that's not what the gospel tells us how we should live and how we should act. Kevin DeYoung says there's four reasons that we live filled with guilt. And the first one is, is because we have not fully embraced the gospel. Ephesians 2, 4 says, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he has loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us. That means to make us alive together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. And he's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. None of this verse so far has talked about us doing anything at all for God. We were sinners and we absolutely deserved every punishment that we would ever get. But Jesus pulled us close because of the sacrifice that he made on the cross. And it says that we get to sit together in heavenly places with him and that in the coming age, that he's going to show us the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness towards us. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, not of yourself. It is the gift of God. And that's the gospel, is Jesus in my place. And that's what the core 
uh, doctrine of scripture is. It's not come to church all the time. It's not tithe or be a member or all these things. The core doctrine, the core belief of the church is all wrapped up in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and what that means for us. And that kills guilt. Why? Because we could never make it up. Mm-hmm. No matter how many Subway sandwiches we get for Jesus, it will never equal uh, forgiveness. Yep. And he gave it anyway. Uh, you didn't earn your salvation, and you didn't earn this gift, and you can never be good enough to keep it. So stop trying. You're either fa- uh, saved by, or you are saved by faith alone. It was a gift, and it remains a gift every single day as we live it out. That's a hard thing to actually believe. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've heard, I think it's J.D. Greer says all the time, just preach the gospel to yourself every day. Yep. Because you, we have a tendency to continue to go back to that works righteousness mode. Oh, oh man, I owe him and I need to do this and this and this to make God love me. I'm like, no, that's not the gospel at all. Absolutely. When we add stipulations to God's love, we cheapen that love too. And that's true of relationships too. If I uh, put up a scoreboard in my office of how many times you do things for me and I do things for you, and there is no love in that. That is literally me paying you to be my friend. And if you're treating people like that, or someone's treating you like that, it's going to create distance in that relationship. Someone's doing that to you. They're not your friend. Right? No. Yeah. yeah. And it's not, not love. They just right. want to see how much you could owe them over time. And, and God and isn't using. doing that to you either. Right. God is not marking down all the good works and keeping a tally to see if you get anywhere near uh, being good enough to pay him back. There's a way to you avoid can't do it anyway. all of this. Mm. If someone ever says, hey, will you help <clears throat> me move something? Always say no. Because otherwise, you're going to get in this relationship where you're always going to be having to return the favor of helping somebody move and helping someone else move and helping yeah. someone else move. It's just a playful example. Just don't example. own a truck and you're fine. Don't it's own like a truck. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my... I love the episode of The Office where Dwight brings everybody bagels and he's yeah. like, you owe me. You know, like he, <laughs> he gives them to everybody and then he's like, why can't, can't a guy just bring in bagels so he... You know, is owed a million favors from everybody. Right, right. And Isn't he that the episode it. that Andy tries to one up. Yes, on? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's one of my do favorite not test scenes my ever. politeness. Do not test my politeness, sir. <laughs> yeah. uh, so some of us are in guilt because we haven't fully embraced the gospel. And if you have not yet uh, accepted Jesus Christ and, and become a follower of Jesus Christ, this much is true: is Christianity the way it's intended to live out is not a religion of guilt. It's a religion of absolute forgiveness that we can never, ever, ever earn. The second thing is uh, other Christians tend to motivate each other with guilt. So although Jesus doesn't uh, feel that way towards us, we have definitely been treated in that way. Uh, People think of church as just a place to go and just, I'm going to go and feel bad about myself. And we have helped spread that message as church people. Now, I'm guilty of this, and, and you're guilty of it most likely, and pastors all over the country are guilty of it. And this is what it sounds like. Oh, you don't want to give to the needy? Oh, okay. Well, I thought you loved Jesus more than that, right? Or, oh, you don't want to help feed the homeless? Well, well if they die, it's on you. <laughs> Somebody cares about <laughs> yeah. these people. Right, right. No, guilt not is you. not a good motivator. That's not a good reason to do things. I playfully said one time, <clears throat> Jesus suffered for more 
Like mm-hmm. somebody was like, I don't know if I'm willing to do that. It sounds like pretty rough. I'm like, Jesus right. suffered for a lot more yes. than that. Right. And they yeah. just looked at me and said, I'm, I'm messing joking. with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. They, they end up having like a guilty conscience. <laughs> Even after a joke, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to guilt <laughs> yeah, you into it's this. Like, it's, yeah, that's a playful, like we playfully do this a lot in sure. this group. Like, oh, man. I, I'm glad Jesus didn't use that excuse when he was going to the cross. Yeah. Oh, he couldn't <laughs> make he, it to youth group. Glad tonight. he wasn't too tired, or <laughs> glad he didn't have a baseball game when he was going to the cross. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, like making sure those kids understand it. No, yeah, we don't absolutely. Want them. We don't want them to be in a place of shame. No, no, no. And should we help <clears throat> feed the homeless? Absolutely. Uh, but what should we do it to make ourselves feel better about ourselves? No, that's using people and it's doing things motivated from the wrong place. And ultimately, that's just me thinking more about myself yeah. and, and doing deeds to make myself feel better about myself. Uh, but rather than that, what we need to do is be like Jesus because we love him and to do things with no strings attached and, and just working out the gospel and you know, whether it's, uh, you know, going the extra mile for somebody uh, to help them move uh, for no reason, or <laughs> if it's, you know, stopping and having a conversation with somebody that needs to talk to somebody, just, just not... buying somebody a Subway sandwich because you're thinking about it. <laughs> right. That's great. Yeah. I look forward to that tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, now he's been guilty and biased once. Yeah, no, I'm going to wait an appropriate tomorrow. amount of time. I'll try that boss one you said about the meatballs and the, I want that tomorrow. Meatballs and what? Pepperoni. And pepperoni. Ooh, man. It's really It's all the meats. It's got the big uh, chunk mozzarella, too. Mm. Ooh, yeah. Sorry, we're getting way off here. <laughs> I'm hungry now. So the third one is this. First, we've got we haven't fully accepted the gospel and we're just playing games with God about how uh, you know how we match up to him and his sacrifice or the other we've learned that from somebody else in our life to motivate others with guilt. Uh, we have very much as a, a church staff leaned against that. You won't probably ever hear us get up on this stage and say, well, Guess we don't want a children's ministry around here. Ain't <laughs> right. nobody want to... Who wants to serve with no. people like that? No, yeah. the, children's ministry is an amazing thing and never get up and, and guilt people that way. Right. Yeah, that, we fought that a lot, like, you know, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get up and say things like, hey, our, our ship is sinking. Who wants to climb <laughs> aboard? Like, no. All the rats are running we, off. We want our volunteers to feel, hey, you are gifted at this and you get to make an eternal and lasting impact doing this. Here's why it's important and here's why you're built for it. Here's why you're amazing at it. But it's so much easier to say, well, I guess no one wants to serve Jesus. Well, I guess yeah. if you cared more, you'd come help me in kids' ministry. <laughs> I guess I'll just tell those kids you don't love them. I guess we're not growing. That's, that sign-up sheet back there doesn't have any names on it. I guess yeah, there's none in the Book of Life there. back there either. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we got them, and they're fun to do. They're yeah. fun to do, but yeah. it, it, always in the uh, a, a jokey way, and never in uh, a way that would uh, actually make someone feel guilty. But for those of us that uh, struggle with guilt, even those jokey things can sometimes go a little sideways, and and actually, like you said, cause a little bit of of shame there too. Uh, but here's the biggest problem with guilt: is most of guilt falls under the category of not doing enough. Hmm. And, and there really is no, like, how much money can you give away to homeless people till you feel, uh, you know, that you've done enough and, and the problem is solved? That's a never-ending problem. Now, do it. 100% do it. But if you're motivated by guilt, you're never going to have any satisfaction on that other side. Uh, could you ever really pray enough? Could you ever really read your Bible enough? All these things uh, are, are this 
you know, lines that we set up that we're trying to reach, but we're never going to make it. And we cripple ourselves with guilt in these areas. But the truth is, is that we can always do more. But God loves us when we give out of love. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, not someone that gives out of duty or from guilt. These things don't last. And these are a good chunk as to why people are leaving the faith because they've either motivated themselves or been motivated by other by guilt and it doesn't last in the long run it's going to create resentment or pride and toxic pride where we look at everybody else like they're not doing enough and that's the other side of this that you see too is someone uh, that is serving in the children's ministry walking around and making everybody else that's not doing as much as they are yeah uh, you know it's the older brother and the prodigal son right right oh well they haven't figured it out yet but because i've i'm doing my duties Right, I'm prideful and arrogant, and the, pro- like the, the the brother in that story is equally as lost yeah, as the yeah. prodigal son. Is. So that's where it's like the the Pharisee on the street corner. Yeah, like look how good I am. Thankfully, I'm not like one of those bozos over there. <laughs> right. Like you're you're just sitting there in the pew consuming. I'm actually doing something. Right. Mm. It's always been my desire in those scenarios to say, okay, you know, you're mad because you cleaned the church and you know nobody else has helped you. Uh, Look, you're not helping anybody here. Yeah. You know, I, that's fine. Thank you for doing it. Right. Don't worry about it in the it's future. It's easy to if get If you're that mad way. about it, you are not... You, nobody is being blessed in this scenario. Yeah. I saw a meme the other day that said something like, man, when you wake up, and when you were a kid and you woke up and you hear your mom and she's been cleaning for two hours and nobody else has done anything and they're like, oh, it's going to be bad when we go out there because <laughs> she's going to be mad that she did all the work and nobody else is doing anything. Right, exactly. <laughs> now, help your mom. Oh, yeah. You know, no, and, and do the thing. Get up early. Don't be lazy. Do yeah, yeah. But, but don't use guilt. If guilt you're going to do work. something, don't do it for the sake of holding it over other people's head or measuring other people right. to, to your works. 100%. And lastly, some Christians live in guilt because they won't repent and receive the forgiveness and mercy that God offers. That's like the prodigal son mm-hmm. in the first part of the story uh, where he's wasted you know could he have come home after he lost a big chunk of money and said dad i'm sorry i love but he didn't do that he waited till he lost absolutely everything and every friend and ended up in the pig pen eating with the pigs until he finally broke and said okay i'm gonna go home and try to see if my dad will hire me Mm. and a good father we see a picture of that in the picture uh, in this story of the prodigal son. A good father will welcome that son home, and you know, and and receive him like a son. And how much better of a father is our heavenly father? So don't run away because of guilt. Run to God, uh, and and work through. If you've got actual things that need to be forgiven of, uh, work through those things. Yeah, that's he's the a good father. Like, come in humility. Saying, I need help. I can't do this on my own. Out of my own resources, I'm lost. Yep. Right. And that's the different the the younger son, yeah, he went and wasted it all, but like he realized he needed help and he mm-hmm. couldn't save himself. The older son, I don't think he ever comes to that conclusion. And the story ends. You know, you're left wondering, did he does he ever mm-hmm. repent of his own pride? Yeah. yeah. Realizing where you're at is the first step here of seeking forgiveness because you're going to then understand what you need to do. And first John one nine tells us it's not uh, complicated, but it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And some of us are like that 
uh, unrighteous brother that looks at someone that will, you know, how could God forgive them? They did this sin that I think is worse than all my other sins. And how are they, you know, getting the same forgiveness? It's that uh, other parable too, where of the workers that, yeah. you know, they is, r- arrive at the morning and they work all day. And then the other people arrive at nine, uh, uh, excuse me, at noon and they work the rest of the day. And some people arrive at the last hour and work one hour and they all get the same amount, but all of them were given what was promised to them. But when we look around and we say, well, you know, I've done more, I've done more, and pride creeps into our lives and we begin to, to make people feel guilty. But that confession is available to all of us and that forgiveness is available to all of us too. And this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible because I am somebody that struggles with guilt is Romans 8, 1, when it says there's therefore now no condemnation to those of us that are in Christ Jesus who walk after Uh, not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Mm. So when we come and we seek that forgiveness and we accept that forgiveness, we are no longer condemned. We're no longer guilty. We may have committed some dumb crimes like we saw earlier and done, you know, some dumb stuff, but it's all covered at the cross. And that acceptance is there for us. And we should treat other people that way as well. This verse tells us that as a Christian that is pursuing God and not the flesh, you should not feel constantly condemned. That is not from God. That is the world, the flesh, and the devil that's trying to pull you away from God and convince you that God is someone who he is not, that he is this judgmental, uh, Zeus-looking dude up there ready to throw a lightning bolt at you anytime you make a mistake, but that is not who God is. Uh, so how can we tell the difference? Because there is an important thing as we wrap it up here. How can we tell the difference between guilt and conviction? Because God does use conviction. When we right. do something that's against his way, and that's important to remember, God laid down these laws because he wants to protect us from things that we shouldn't go into. And these things that are written in God's words that we're supposed to uh, you know, live up to are there for our betterment. But when we do break those uh, commands and we get off the path that God wants us to do, uh, we have to be able to understand what is guilt and what is conviction. Uh, guilt says to give up and conviction says to get right. Guilt says that you're worthless and conviction says you're worth too much to continue in sin. Guilt says that you have tried before, there's no use in continued trying, and conviction says, give it to Christ and let him do it for you and through you, because you don't have the power to do it on your own. And that's what I wanted to talk about today, is this thing that can creep up in our hearts, and it's, it's a sneaky thing. Yeah. Just when we think we're doing kind of good, and things are going pretty well, these thoughts of guilt and condemnation and shame can creep up in our lives and cause us either to run from God or to become uh, a twisted soul that looks down on other people. So that's the question uh, for us today. Is your main motivation in your Christian life to feel better about yourself? If that's the case, you need to ask God to forgive you for being selfish in your motives. You're not just uh, doing things for God because you accidentally deleted a file that you weren't really going to nail Six it down. Subway sandwiches and we'll call it good. Yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
One per word that you had typed. It doesn't work in regular relationships. It was only six words. No. No, pages. He worked all day on those six words. Uh, we know big words. We know you just use AI for all your servers anyway. (laughs) Uh, But this stuff doesn't work. This guilt doesn't work. It makes it breaks relationships. But conviction is a thing that is for our good, just like discipline in. Uh, when applied in the right way with a, a, a child and a parent, it's going to push us to do things that are better for our own selves and better for those around us. What do you guys think? Well, I think before I, before we wrap up today, I think I do need to say something. Uh, I don't want to be motivated and walk away with guilt the rest of my day and rest of my life. So to David, Joni, <laughs> Jaron, Val, and Emily. Right. He almost forgot Val. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Seven Subway sandwiches. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm. I don't know what happened. So there we go. Senior moment. I shouldn't Home. have called it out either. I thought it was funny. <laughs> it was really funny because I, I don't know why I stumbled through it. I was looking at it, but my you ever looked at a word and your brain just was like, just yeah, don't. absolutely. Just yeah, don't. Absolutely. So I, I'm sorry, guys. You guys are amazing. <laughs> yeah. They are. I, I, I wanted to share one thing. Um, just that really a challenge for the listeners in all of the relationships in your life. And it could be you're a boss of some people or like us as church leaders. We, we have people that we delegate things to and that we empower, or it could just be a relationship with your spouse or with your kids to try to do your best to start with love. Because I think it's hard to, if you've already had that guilt motivating mm-hmm. relationship, it's hard to climb back out. And like, I don't think you can just like, flip a switch and all of a sudden do like, for example, like if my wife really like guilted me all the time, she doesn't, but if my wife really guilted me all the time about doing the dishes and getting her flowers or something Mm -hmm. like that, it would be hard for me to ever do those things afterwards without associating it with that sense of I'm not enough. And I'm trying to earn the conditional love of my wife by doing these things. Mm -hmm. Like it would be hard for me to ever just go buy flowers for my wife without kind of attaching it to that. Like, I hope she loves me more when I do this thing. Like I've, I've seen that in, in churches and, and growing up where it was, you know, that, that was the dangerous thing is, Hey, you know, church leadership or a church leader might've guilted some people for, Hey, you're not serving enough. You're not doing enough for Jesus. You're not helping enough with these things. And then it's hard for those people to ever, even without that guilt speech, it's hard for them to ever do those things for Christ without feeling bad while they're doing it and just enjoying doing it. One of the number one things that I hated so much, and it it did not work on me at all, is uh, at one of our previous churches, we would used to have men's uh, work days. And some guys just, they love to get up at six in the morning and come to that type of thing. I'm going to come in around 8.30 or 9, and every single time it was relentless, like, nice to you to finally show up. (laughs) Well, you know what? Next time, I'm not going to show up, you know? And and that's what guilt does to us. And that does not motivate anybody. It always compounded, too. It'd start with, huh, look who finally rolled out of bed. And then, ah, I don't know how to run this certain machinery Mm. that you guys are using. What an idiot. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, dude, how many things can I get wrong? Right, right, yeah. yeah. Instead of just being happy to have another pair of hands, as unskilled as they may be, 
to help you carry wood or something like that. There was yeah. always this culture, and, and it happens in families, it happens in churches, it happens in workplaces, and you know what stops that is by that starting with love, like you said, and yeah. starting and say, I'm not going to motivate people by guilt anymore. And parent relationships are probably the hardest to not fall into this because you think it's going to work and long time, long term, it's going to cause some kids that don't want to be around you Mm. because they're, they know what's coming. If I don't do what dad says, or I don't do what mom says and if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy and all, all that kind of stuff to break a free of that relationship, uh, imbalance where you've got to earn my love uh, is is a freeing thing, and it starts best when you've got kids like Scott mm-hmm. does it at at that age. Where no, hey, I'm doing this because I love you, and I want to teach you to do things for other people because you love them, not because you owe me. Yeah, and uh, loving them also is shaped by how you view them as a person. <clears throat> and Josh and I talked about this a couple months ago, and it hit me through a counseling class I was going through. Is uh, before anything, before Anything that you identify as, you are a child of God, first and foremost. The story starts in Genesis 1, mm-hmm. in Genesis 2. God created you, and he's looked upon it and said it was good. The story takes a turn later. Yeah. He says, so we usually look at all the end results of like, oh, dude, yeah. he's just a sinner. He's just a messed up, screw up. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Before anything, right. that person's a child of God. Absolutely. And that means they're worthy of love, worthy of respect. And so I think it's so much easier, and when we're compelled to live that way, we'll see a lot more people walking away uh, we're free, not living in guilt. Right. Uh, so let's just look at people that way, and I think we'll be easier to love them. Absolutely. And and when you're tempted to drive by people on the street, there's no, you know, hiding the fact that West Virginia and really all all across America, people suffering with drug addiction and homelessness and and all these different mental illness a lot of times, and we can be tempted to drive by people and say, you know, I know why they're there. No, you don't. No, <laughs> right. And to feel better than them, at least I'm like the Pharisee, at least I'm not in that place. Yeah. And I begin to feel better about myself. And uh, <clears throat> and that's starting with love and forgiveness and realizing that every single person, that God has breathed life into them. Yeah. And that if they're alive, they are loved by a creator. And to continue to give those second chances and to give yourself second chances uh, when you're tempted to motivate yourself or motivate others by guilt. Uh, doing that just going to make you depressed and drained and resentful. And God doesn't want us to stay in that in that part where we've uh, messed up and need forgiveness. He wants us to run directly to him, get it right, and then leave it in the past. And he wants us to do that exact same thing with people in our lives as well. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, great. Too heavy, too heavy um, podcast episodes yeah, like back I, to back. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who really needed to hear this today. Um, It's, I know we probably all have dealt with this in church settings at one point or another. And um, so I pray that we Mm -hmm. don't fall into that temptation to lay guilt traps for people. And those of you listening today, I I hope you uh, take the challenge to lead with love and, and not guilt people. Don't, don't manipulate people for your benefit and, to where people owe you and, and things like that. And if you're living in guilt, <clears throat> you can't do anything. Jesus has done everything already. Yep. That's right. So just so. be in gratitude. Yeah. And and start with saying when those guilt ideas come back, start with saying, God, I can't do enough to ever earn this. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you want to know more about this, uh, I did preach a sermon series 
Uh, so how these things work a lot of times is I'm struggling with stuff. Yeah. And so I study it out for myself and then I end up preaching about it. And so uh, you'll hear a lot of personal stories in that. Uh, I think it was back in 2018. If you go back and find uh, on the Clarksburg Baptist Church website, uh, it's just called Guilt. Yeah. Real creative. Yeah. Well, hey, we need to we or we want to hear from you guys too, uh, how this impacted you. So make sure you comment like this on YouTube or wherever you listen to this thing, subscribe to us as well and share this out to some friends and family and vote for me for the winner of 30 yeah. second sermons or I will guilt you. Into <laughs> or you don't love me. Yeah. but make, Seriously. Make sure to vote, uh, vote the weird award winner as well. Last time it was Candace, Uh-oh. but you don't want that to it may want to be one of the three of us this coming time. So make sure you like subscribe and add some contribution down there in the comments. Vote for these things. 30-second sermon winner, Weird Award winner. We love to hear from our weirdos out there. Yeah. Even if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, go and comment on <clears throat> Facebook or on YouTube. Uh, we love to see those comments. We love you guys so much. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. So you got to say it this up. time. I, I got to say what? I was wondering. Let's get weird because normal isn't working. Yeah. We love you, weirdos. We'll see you next time.